Heaven high. Heaven high. This is Rum Doings episode 212. What a lovely palindrome. 212. <laughs> yes, it's one, just one of my favourites. It's a miraculous number, as they're called in mathematical circles. And if you can have imaginary numbers, I don't know why you won't have, you know, miraculous numbers. When was the last time you hung out in a mathematical circle? Um, Well, it was more of a, um, it was more of an oval, but I didn't want to tell them. They get very, they get very cross, don't they, if you question their pie? You do. Um, they, They say this is, this is a circle that's identified as an oval or an oval that's identified as a rhomboid. You just, you just be quiet and accept it. The topic today is... Wouldn't the money spent on the Rio Olympics had been better spent on the NHS and the kiddies and the old folk? <laughs> so it's t- been four years since the London Olympics. I remember talking about it on this here podcast. We can't have because we started this about two or three years ago. Yes, eight years ago. Or was it more? Well, well no. How, how long ago was this thing going? Was it 2008, was before, 2009? It was before I was going out with Laura. It was before Laura was invented. Yeah, before she'd been produced from the lab. Can you please ask Shotwave to stop crashing on my Chrome every five seconds? It's called um, Shotwave Flash. Its job is to crash, so it's ridiculous to say that. Hello, Tiger. Could you please become a vegan for me? Come on. I don't see why they shouldn't. There's some lovely vegan options in the jungle these days. So I can hear from your voice that you're really pissed off with your awful son. I'm not actually. He's in. A, if he's I was no, I know. Four, I was up with him at five forty-five, and he was nice. He's been rubbish all week, but today he seems to be back to normal because of his. He's, bl- he's blaming the mere emergence of bony structures um, striking through his fleshy little gums. Three molars at once. Hmm. At least he gets them all over with. It's true. Well, no, sadly, not all, but quite a few at once, which is good, I guess. Yes. But yes, he's having a little nap next door. He's not really making it through the mornings at the moment because he's so uh, worn out from hurting. So for whom shall I vote in the London mayoral elections? Um, um, who's m- who's Mr. the one who keeps sending out the, the wrong le- sending out letters to Sikhs based on their last names and getting it wrong? I think they all do that, don't they? Vote for well, him. I've got Mr. Poshy McPosh Pants. Mm-hmm. And then I've got Mr. I used to um, support extremists and now I pretend I don't and call you a Nazi if you suggest that I do by merely quoting exactly what I said at me. So which of those two lovely people should I vote for? Is it just two you get to choose from? Yeah. Well, I could choose it. I'm having a look now. There's loads to choose from. I could choose a Liberal Democrat if I wanted. What about Sean Rebecca Berry from the Green Party? Oh, for goodness sake, the Green Party. No, who else is there? Let's choose somebody. Why don't you vote? Sometimes it's nice to be selfless when you vote. Uh-huh. So you could vote for Paul Golding, who promises to put British people first. Uh, okay, and since so I'm therefore you'd be yeah. allowing your British cousins to go ahead of you. That's true, but or, or or I could, you know, since George Galloway had about 0% of the vote, I could give him his only vote. It would make him very excited. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You'd have to commit suicide immediately afterward. That would be wonderful. That would be quite good, actually, yes. I do love when you go to londonelects.org.uk, you can click I'm a voter, or you can click I'm a candidate. I love that if you're a candidate, you have to kind of click on the I'm a candidate button to see what to do next. <laughs> Why don't you vote for Sophie Walker? I, I, I don't like walkers. She's, she's for the Women's Equality Party. Now, do you know what I'm going to vote for? Oh, I assume you're going to vote for Zach Goldsmith. No, I'm going to vote for <laughs> Lee Ellie Harris. Are you why? 
Oh, because cannabis is safer than alcohol. The cannabis is safer than alcohol party. It's true. He's 79. He's, <laughs> a familiar, he's a familiar... Oh, of course. I have to. Familiar face around West London's vibrant... means he's gay. Portobello Road. Having moved to the UK after leaving South Africa in 1956, oh. where he was an anti-apartheid campaigner. Well, now you have no choice. He has had an interesting life as an actor, a playwright, of course he's gay, even as an anti-drugs prohibitionist. In this time, he has shared poems, laughs and memories with some of the city's most creative and culturally diverse minds. Prior to producing Europe's first cannabis magazine, homegrown in the early 1970s, must have been a bit of a smelly magazine, probably fell apart though, Harris became a cannabis campaigner after seeing the harms caused by harsh moralistic drug laws. Okay. Well, okay, I'm going to read you uh, a candidate. www.lee4mayor.com with the number four. Can okay. Re- read oh, no, I am. I'm going to vote Shush. for him. Why not? Why not? Hush your mouth. Why shouldn't I, I vote for him? Because you are anti-cannabis. You think it's worse than heroines. Well, I think people who use cannabis habitually are a bit pathetic, but I'm not going to be moralizing about it. I think that uh, people who use Tumblr are a bit pathetic, but I'm not going to moralize about it. <laughs> I don't I don't understand how Tumblr has a stigma. It's just another form of blog. Not quite. But anyway, carry on. Let's let. What's the difference? No, justify a dislike of a blog. It's not a blog. It it takes everything that was useful and cromulent from the blog and distills it into its worst corporate-controlled essence of trivial streaming pustulence. Can you mm-hmm. read me what you were going to read, please? I'm going to read you a candidate's letter. Uh-huh. And you have to guess which candidate it is. All right. In the shortest number of words. Okay. It's going to dear, be UKIP or BNP, isn't it? Like the, dear the trick London, is which one? Dear Londoner. Uh-huh. I want to build a London for all, not just for those dripping in gold. Oh, okay, yes. This sounds very much to me like... Look, obviously it would be BNP, but we know that it's actually George Galloway. Correct. Yeah, George Galloway likes to use his dripping in gold steam, sorry, gold, uh, a lot as a metaphor. (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird coincidence that that is also a phrase that one could associate with anti-Semitism. Dripping in gold is green, gold, yes. (laughs) No, he he does use that quite a lot, but he's, I think he's on, he's on zero percent, but that's within the margin of error. So he could have negative support. (laughs) I'm the experienced candidate. Starting Mm. as the youngest chairman of the Labour Party in Scotland, I was then elected six times to Parliament over nearly 30 years, including in East London. Mm. You have heard of me on Britain... You have heard me on Britain leaving the EU, on Scotland staying in Britain, on women's rights. Gosh, that's a bold Women's thing. rights. Uh, women's yeah. rights to be harassed by him. On well, harassed is a nice way of putting it. I'd, I'd more say raped repeatedly. You okay. can't know. It's not rape if the lady doesn't hold what, up a sign or something. Is it? No, it's, it's yeah. yeah um, you don't have to. Well, you don't have to get a written permission for every little insertion or something. That's right. And it's, I think he also argued it's not possible to rape within a marriage. And, oh yeah, well of course that's because that's what his uh, religion says. But also he he said um, uh, that uh, you know if a lady's asleep, then yeah, fine. Oh yeah, that was it, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, you should yeah. be able to initiate things while she's sleeping. That's not rapey either. So yeah. anyway, he's got women's rights covered on war. And, and this is only stuff that's on the record that he said. So you know yeah. he can't sue us for that. Let, let alone the stuff that isn't on the record that I'm going to say the day he hopefully dies. <laughs> On racism, we have heard him on racism quite frequently, that's true. Yeah, he he does love a bit of racism. He's very, very good at racism. Mm. 
Yeah. And and the rights of all facing discrimination and bigotry. Yes, mm. I've I have heard you on the lack of rights. Yes. For that. London needs a mayor who will make the government listen and who will rally the people for vital changes we need. Houses at rents and prices people can afford, control of our health service. Mm. I will bring to the chaos of endless congestion in, I will bring order, I apologize to George, to the, <laughs> to the chaos of endless congestion in the streets, poisoning up to ten thousand people a year to death. What's interesting about that is, of course, we know what he actually does whenever he gets um, any political office. He takes the money and then goes and does what he wants elsewhere, usually on Russia Today or some Iranian program or something like that. Heavy vehicles will be banned from inner London in daylight hours. Uh, London will be a 24-hour city with 24-hour tube, and I will protect London's black cabs as a vital part of London heritage. Heritage? I love that. (laughs) black cabs you know the black cabs that go back to the i believe they were invented it was 1666 incorrect incorrect jesus invented the black cab when he visited britain i'm surprised that galloway's not anti anti them then Hmm. uh how have you been that's not a very interesting question is it how have you been george galloway is tough on terrorism tough on the causes of terrorism (laughs) Does he really say that? He actually literally says that. How naughty. Well, I suppose by terrorism you mean all the things, the naughty Zio-Jews have Israel. done. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Israel's terrorism of Israel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I stand for a London, a London, stand for a London for all, with capital letters. Wherever you came from, whatever colour you are, however you pray or not. <laughs> yes. He's a great quite. orator. That's what you have to say about Galloway. Were you affected by Prince's death? Only in the being disappointed that he doesn't make more music anymore. Did you like his music? Yes, I did. Not the not so much the eighties cheesy pop, but uh, the 90s stuff I liked. What in particular? Well, there's some really good jazz albums he did towards the end of the nineties that are very well, good, and he did some nice funk stuff, uh, well, sort of a ninety-seven-ish. Well, that's it's kind of true. I think some of the the poppy stuff he did was kind of quite weak in retrospect uh, compared with some of the other stuff he did. I mean, I think even a, even a song like um, Purple Rain isn't actually that brilliant a song when you deconstruct it, whereas some of the looser funk stuff he did was superb. We, we saw him perform live oh, really? uh, uh, at, at the O2 in London. Of course, huge sign saying, if you dare to... Um, uh, take any photographs or do any film, and if any of it ends up on YouTube, I will kill the lot of you. And I think he was such a a oh. copyright fascist, and of course he also was opposed to gay marriage, and he oh. wanted and he wanted lower taxes. So he's basically a Republican, despite mm. loving did the sex stuff. Him, did you give him some AIDS as a punishment? Yes, I see. Yeah. Okay, you have to guess who this candidate is now. All right, dear Londoner, he says his name. I won't say that because that would yeah. be, make it too easy. Since earning my university degree as a Master of Computer Science. <laughs> Who? Oh, is that, is that, is that Khan? Uh, you know, no, it's not. I've worked at the cutting edge of the computer industry. Who the hell is this? Oh, it must be Mr. BNP, surely. As a born and bred Londoner and oh, father born. of two, I know London's problems. Overpopulation, lack of social housing, lack of school places, an overstretched NHS, congestion, and they're all... As a result of the alarming levels of uncontrolled immigration, UKIP. It's it's BMP. You're right. Is it? No, it could be. It could. Be, it's identical to what UKIP would say. 
David Furness. Who is that? Uh, the UKIP or BMP or the? I, I genuinely this is BMP. Don't. I'm telling you. No, it's UKIP. With Islamic extremists threatening the lives of Londoners, our campaign to stop the Islamification of London has huge support. I've been asked about Islamophobia and explained that a phobia is an irrational fear. Rational people are genuinely fearful of the hostility, violence and intolerance of Islamic extremists who have no intention of integrating and are hell-bent on destroying our British way of life. As a practising member of the Church of England, I was delighted when the Archbishop of Canterbury publicly labelled it outrageous to describe people who were worried about the impact of migration as racist. So he's a, he's, he's a Christian like you are. That's right, just like I am. So let's make London safe for everyone. Vote BMP on 5th May. What's his name? David Furness. Like the furnaces of hell. Furness. David Furnish. Oh, no, Furness. David Furnish is the other person. It's the other uh, one. Yes. Who hasn't done anything of interest of late. Okay, so, yeah, he says he's a staunch Christian he believes in the solving power of Christ. So, yes, he is. Maybe you could entice him into fellowship and and let him see his sinful ways. Uh, okay, this person is a proud Londoner born and bred. I've lit, worked and lived here nearly all my life. So this far, is, same. So far, the same. This is a wonderful city, but it has huge problems, too. There is a chronic housing shortage. Immigration is out of control and violent crime is on the rise. Apart no, it from isn't. It's on the it's decline. Yeah, uh, this is this this has got to be UKIP, yeah? It is, of course, UKIP. I love that. Just say violent crimes on the rise, even though it's going down, yeah. it makes it sound yeah. worse. Yeah. The mayor should represent the concerns of all Londoners. As your mayor, I will not flinch from addressing these important issues. A vote for UKIP is a vote to get out of the EU. They, they, uh, I love that the banal phrase, the mayor should, what, of all Londoners, what is to support the what of all Londoners? The concerns. Yeah, can you imagine a, a candidate saying, the mayor should... Uh, represent the concerns of only a very small minority of Londoners. <laughs> Banality. Uh, that Peter Whittle and the UKIP and UKIP will campaign to. This is very. You can say probably the random capitalisation in these sentences. It's putting me off. Campaign uh, has a capital C for some reason. End open borders and introduce an Australian-style point system in London. What? <laughs> well, this isn't. They've just copy and pasted their. Yes. Election. But, well, no, maybe he wants London to become a city-state. It could be. It could be that one Australian point system to be allowed into London. You wouldn't be allowed in. That's true. Yeah. Build more... I haven't got any Australian points. <laughs> Build more houses across London and ensure Londoners have priority in social housing. Scrap council translation services and reinvest the money into London's communities. What? That'll that'll uh, that'll save a huge amount of money. There, you know, be able to build a billion houses with the money spent on paying translators to translate stuff. But isn't investing money into London's communities? Wouldn't a big part of that be translation services? Yes. Well, they don't seem to understand how economies work. Yeah. Support police stop and search powers to help reduce knife crime and save young lives. So they're just going to not stop that. Cut immigration and tax vacant foreign-owned properties to reduce pressure on London's housing. Well, they're not one and the same thing. Oh, I say, they put an and there as if it's the same yeah. policy. Peter Whittle isn't enough, though. You have to have a quick message from Nigel as well. He oh, okay. says, this election is your chance to strike at the heart of the political establishment right here in London. Gone mad. 
successive London mayors have for years ignored the people on so many issues. Now is your chance to have your voice heard. A strong UKIP performance in London will send a message that enough is enough. Enough is actually enough. Because, of course, rich inherited stockbroker Nigel Farage is not the establishment. It's the man who worked for very, a series of hedge funds, all of whom were implicit within the global financial crash of yeah. the 2000s. Yes. Uh, he, he always forgets to mention that. Complicit, yes. That he worked for every hedge fund who was involved in the crash. Yes. Um, net migration into London is running at over 100,000 every year. That, that's a lot, a, a big number. I imagine that's a problem then because it's a big yeah, number. So, 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 soon London will have the same population it had in the 20s. <laughs> Because of this, demand and pressures on housing stock and local infrastructure has never been higher. Mm, yes. That's why UKIP and our first-class London mayoral candidate, Peter Whittle, would go on making the argument that we must leave the European Union and take back control of our borders. What are they going to say if, the votes, if people vote to stay in the EU? Well, the same thing that the, BM, sorry, the SNP have said. Oh, we, we said it was once in a lifetime, but we'll have another one in a couple of years' time. Until yeah. we get the answer we need, surely. Well, let's see what Paul Golding says, because he's a racist as well. Yes. Um, putting Britain first. I just assume he's a racist. Right. Um, Paul Golding, putting British people first. My eight-point plan for London. Well, One, maybe they're good. Don't prejudge. Pr- priority housing for British people. Who is Paul Golding? A massive racist, by the no, sounds of wh- wh- What's his party? He, the, I just told you the Putting British People First party. Oh, that's literally the name of the part. <laughs> Britain First, I think, is their official name. Number yes. two, British jobs for British workers. This is making the BMP look relaxed. Uh, yes. Number three, get Britain out of the EU super state. Ooh. Yes. Um, super states are great states. They're the ones that fight evil villainous states. Super state. Number four, clamp down on Islamic extremism. Because right now, at the moment, the big problem is that most London mayors are pro-Islamic extremism. No, be, be fair, only one of them is. That's true. Number five, house London's 3,000 homeless veterans. Hmm. Number six, promote British culture and Christianity. Well, you know, there's one you can agree with. Christianity, that old British religion. Yes, there's one you can agree with. It's so odd, this idea that Christianity is inherently British. Anyway, number now people, seven. We should talk about that, article because it is a lovely little meme that I'm sure you've experienced plenty of times. Number seven, halt immigration and the influx of migrants. And number eight, increase spending on the disabled and elderly. <coughs> there you go. You're going to disagree with that one, are you? Paul Golding. The kiddies in the hospitals. Preach. Are you? Hmm? Yeah, I am, actually. Paul Golding, colon, confronting hate breaches and terrorists, exclamation mark. After the murder of Lee Rigby, Paul Golding waged a campaign to, quote, close down, end quote, the activities of Islamic extremists in London. He personally confronted numerous hate preachers and terrorists, including the man who trained the 7-7 bombers, an Islamist who planned to behead a British soldier and the notorious Anjem Chowdhury. Paul's ongoing campaign has forced the authorities to clamp down on Islamic extremism in London, making the streets of our city a safer place. It is sad that only right-wing nutcases are doing that, and therefore the left thinks that these people are their friends. I'm just going to Britain's first website. I wouldn't do that if I were you. You'll be on the list now. There's some very, very lovely Photoshop on here. Hmm. So how have you been? All the articles are about Trump. Of course. He's a hero. 
Whoa, uh, I just scrolled down and a pop-up message has appeared saying, do you think Britain should ban barbaric halal slaughter? Yes. Uh, no, is it yes. not barbaric, is it? It is. Yeah, I'll, is I'll it? ban it. I'm prepared to ban kashrut slaughter as well, just to, um, just to even the keel. I'll ban both of them. But then I will actually demand that the normal slaughtering that we do is done in a much more humane way. I'd ban factory farming as well, so be careful what you wish for. Goodness me. Well, the Britain First website, you know how you have your menu of options at the top of a website? Yes. You can choose between home, videos, news, contact, racism, shop and join. You want a bit of racism, don't you? It's useful if they just highlight their racism. Hmm. Britain First is a loyalist movement. This means that if you are loyal to Queen and country, then you are welcome to join our organisation. Race does not feature in our policies or outlook in any way. Race is in quotes because, you know, race doesn't really exist. Oh, really? So you're saying that race does exist? You're a racist, are you? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. What's the problem with with a binary like that? Because, of course, um, a lot of uh, liberal discourse wanted to say race didn't exist and was a social construct. But of course, when there's racial malingering and intersectionality, then of course, race does need to exist and it needs to yes. be essential and you need to be sure of it. Same with gender, of course. Gender doesn't exist. It's a social contract in for- a construct enforced by the patriarchy, except of course, when you're transsexual, when it very much exists and you know exactly what it is and you know that you were born into the wrong one. <laughs> that, that, that dilemma has, has often concerned me. Well, it's British- the same thing with race. That, that dilemma appears again and again and again within liberal discourse and nobody cares to to deal with it because they're prepared to live with the paradox and i'm not so oh gosh death come to all paradoxes my goodness britain first nick is home to thousands of patriots from ethnic minorities from all over the world who share our defense of british values and our opposition to global islamic jihad the word racism in quotes was invented by a communist mass murderer leon trotsky to silence european opposition to was it really, multiculturalism though? no that's an interesting no that's an interesting claim Forget about yeah. the, the hyperbole of it. Was the word racism invented by Leon Trotsky? Let's go to Etim online and see if it mentions anything. Racism. Maybe it is. Could 1936, well it says. As a noun from race, racism is first tested in 1936. The French racisme, originally in the context of Nazi theories. But they replaced earlier words, of course, racialism and racialist, both often used in the early 20th century in a British or South African context. Oh, okay, so um, I have no evidence that it was invented by Leon Trotsky, who invented the word racism, racisme. Okay, so when you, at the top it says, in both cases, Trotsky is committing on an existing ideology of racial superiority difference, so he therefore did not invent the concept of racism, Aww. no more than the person who invented the word cat was the inventor of cats. Uh, ah, but did he invent the word racism? There's a the ugly, fascinating history of the word racism. <laughs> you see, you can really go down. Uh, it's wonderful, the internet. You can just really find these things out, can't you? So I'm going to look for trot. Oh, the word Trotsky doesn't even appear in this article. So clearly, no. <laughs> Sorry. Unfortunately, Nick, Britain is dominated by a left-wing minority who insist on calling anyone who is patriotic a racist. But nothing could be further from the truth for Britain first. Are you patriotic? The only people we hate are what the white left-wing politicians and journalists who are wrecking our beautiful country. John, are you are you patriotic? Um, to to what? 
I'm asking you a question. Are you patriotic? I'm afraid not. I didn't ask the state of your tying. I asked whether you were patriotic. Do you mean am I racist? No. Are you patriotic? I'm so, I'm so confused because being patriotic is to be racist. I thought you're a no. left-wing minority. No, but I mean, are you patriotic? Are you proud of your country? And of course, the answer is no. I don't know how to be proud of my country because you have to be proud of things you choose yes, uh, I know. or I've achieve. Said that many times. But have you modified your view? Have I don't modified you think there was my a view to what my view already was? Yeah, but don't you think that view was a little sophomoric and you've no. become more nuanced about it? Not in the slightest. Being proud of your country is drivel. Can you not be proud of your circumstance even if you didn't explicitly achieve it? Can no, you not I feel, can't be proud feel that pride I fell out in. a vagina on this patch of geography. It's that's irrational and nonsensical. So you could you couldn't feel pride in say the beauty of the lakes in the Lake District. No, I didn't build them or have anything to do with their creation. That's a little bit individualist and isolationist of you. So are you? Do you have pride in the architecture of Bath? No, because I'm not Georgian nor Roman. It's interesting. You you're very deracinated and atomic, aren't you? You can't feel any emotion or sense of belonging or rootedness, can you? But that's but only, but that only, not if it's irrational. No. But you, you but you feel many irrational things. Which yes, and you I, take. I attempt to eliminate them as best I can. Irrationality is the cause of all my misery. But what about feeling pride in your Welsh heritage? <laughs> I certainly don't feel any pride in my Welsh heritage. That's sad. I think people. No, it's Welsh... not sad at all. Um, I feel proud pride in my achievements. I feel proud of people I know and love and what they've achieved and what things they've done against the odds or in in the name of their integrity. That makes me feel pride. Not not just what shape something is or where something happens to be. That's a silly thing to be proud of. What do you think of people who gain some sense of pride in their heritage or their shared heritage? I think they are just channeling an inherent tribalism. And trying to put it in a word it in a nice way rather than in a well, I'm be- our race is better than that race way. What if they don't believe it's better, but they believe it's special? <laughs> in the same sense, to believe that your race is more special than another race is, first of all, stupid, and second of all, racist. No, special doesn't necessarily mean hierarchically better. It can just mean that it has a certain unique subset of of uh, characteristics which are worth protecting. Like you say, that's a that, that that that's a special butterfly. It doesn't necessarily mean it's better. It just means that I I notice a unique set of characteristics that I'd like to protect or celebrate. Yes, but I'm not proud of the butterfly for having wings. No, but if you were a butterfly, maybe if you you'd be very proud of what you'd become. After no, going if through occupation, oh, I look. Of think of the amazing loop the loop I'd flown, but not what coloured wings I had when I did it. Would you be proud of your caterpillar heritage? <laughs> <laughs> or will so, you be? Yes, would you? Or would you be? Thing is is absolute nonsense, and everyone I... needs to stop being so damned silly. It's just tribalism reinvented. That's all it is. So, so what about a child who learns how to walk? Should they be proud of that? The child, what being yeah. Like, so the, it's, it's, so the child suddenly walks and he's all proud. So don't be proud. That's just an that was a biological inevitability. Unless you were no. disabled, so shut your mouth. It was no, going to happen. It's in your genes. Shut things, up. Not, you evolved made, to walk, you sponger. I've not made any any argument that would imply any of that. No, I was very proud of Toby when he learned to walk. Really, that was a unique and special talent that he did all on no. his own that had nothing to do with manifest destiny. 
No, I didn't suggest you. You've invented this argument against. Brian. He happened to I be born. He, he happened to be born a bipedal mammal. Uh-huh, and he achieved it. He worked hard to be able to do it, and then he was able to right. do it. But a butterfly that goes through pupation is not allowed to become proud of having wings. <laughs> I, okay, Your argument's I falling apart I here, Walker. that a mummy butterfly is allowed to be very proud of its baby butterfly when it learns to fly. You will concede that, and you yes. realise that that's irrational. It's It's... It's emotional and relational, um, so yes, in some sense it's irrational. But no, t- Toby's learning to walk, yes, it's a, a, a close to an inevitability, but still it was hard work for him to do it, and he tried very hard lots of times and, and eventually managed to achieve it. And, and so I think there's some some sense in being a little proud of that. Not very, I mean, ludicrous to go around boasting about it. <laughs> My could child you, could walk. Let's say that you um, picked up an instrument and could play it immediately. You played a beautiful tune, and you can play a beautiful. No, but let's no, but say that Toby could do this, and suddenly he just picked up an instrument, and by ear he could play a a beautiful uh, sonata. Would you be proud? I think I'd be less proud than if he he'd worked really hard to be able to do the same. Okay, so what you so you only pride is proportional to effort. Then I think that makes if you're going to it makes that's the beginning of some rationale to it all. So if it doesn't require any effort, is it a necessary condition? If something doesn't require any effort at all, you cannot be proud of it? Um, I can't think of an exception. Try. <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, I don't. I can't think of any exception to that. If someone, if someone is can. by nature very generous, I can. it's I can still think of an, an exception. effort to be generous. Here's an exception. Go on. Let us assume that it's 20, 30 years hence, and you note that... Um, Toby is effortlessly non-racist, non. Uh, for example, no. Here, you, 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 you would you you said you want him to be brought up so that he's not misogynistic. You you realize that you've brought up an effortless feminist who's not had to try. It's just been part of his nature. You say you didn't have to go through any demons to be like that. So I'm not proud of you. You weren't exactly a born again feminist. So there was no struggle. Therefore, I'm not proud of the fact that I've I've born a well-adjusted uh, feminist boy. I think there's there's two issues there. One, you've raised an impossible hypothetical because there would he'll be, obviously be a sexist. Yes, okay. to ma- <laughs> to maintain that position does require a defiance of societal pressure or other influences. So I would be not necessarily. You could that. be blithe or an idiot. That's true. Okay, that would make it. Uh, that would be exceptions that would decrease my pride. Yeah. And second, I would be proud of myself for having done that. Mm, so you take credit? No. Yes, I would take all the credit. Yeah. It's different. You can be feel pride in yourself without claiming hun- whole responsibility. Well, well, I it's think what I've done to- is proven that I am at least consistent in this, and and everyone else is an idiot for giving a shit. Well, about where he they were has. Born. You'll have to bleep that out. Uh, <laughs> talking about where they were born and pride. Actually, there was a headline saying a, a city is able to feel pride again uh, about Liverpool oh. and Hillsborough. Do you think that they should feel pride of what's just happened? Is is there a pride? No. I can't. I can't even. Even if. Even if it weren't so bogged down in so many confusing factors, no, they could only. Surely you can only feel disgust for your city, for the inherent corruption at every level that allowed this to drag out for thirty years. I suppose you could feel relief. That yes, of course you could feel relief. But they said we are proud of what we've achieved. I forcing our way through the corruption over many years, and finally. Do, oh, the, the 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 most wonderful irony is that a lot of the 
uh, a lot of the people involved in the campaign if you look at them there was there was some but somebody in ukip was was um boasting that they had some ukip members or somebody uh, people who had pushed through the corruption blah 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 and if it weren't for the echr and the human rights act this final um <laughs> case could not and would not have happened and nor would the um investigation have concluded ha- have continued it was wow. specifically an ECHR so yeah when people go oh, who needs the human rights I said well okay are you are you satisfied that the Hillsborough uh, people were finally given justice that's the only reason why they were something that's bothered me about the whole of Hillsborough from the gonna, very you, first you're really willing to put this out in public yeah no I, well no I'm putting out something in public which I think normal people will agree with and the argument has always been and i'm not saying that they weren't i'm just saying it's it's interesting that the argument has been so strongly fought on this basis were they were they 100% angels on one side and 100% devils on the other side and it seemed necessary for both sides of the argument to prove that there was an unambiguous um uh, polarity 100% devilry, 100% yeah. angelness. Uh-huh. And what really annoyed me about that is these people wouldn't be any greater victims. The tragedy would not have been lessened mm-hmm. if some of them had been drunken hooligans. Yep. You know, it doesn't mean, oh, okay, it's good that they died then, or, oh, well, never mind. Now, obviously, specific slanders that were made up are repugnant and mm-hmm. horrific. Of course. But it, it went beyond that. It was yeah. as if it, it, it as if the, the something were at stake. If any small scintilla of um, of 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 ambiguity had mm-hmm. been allowed to slip into the narrative, suddenly their victimhood would have been called into question, which I find more distasteful than the actual allegations that were false that were made against these people. Well, no, I, the other, the other the thing weird kind of inverse victim blaming there going on. They have to be angels, otherwise we don't get to celebrate them the way we want to. And now, it, again, it, it could well be, and I accept that almost all the allegations made against them were scurrilous lies made mm-hmm. by a police department trying to uh, trying to uh, cover up its incompetence. Forgetting it wasn't the 70s anymore, yeah. Yeah, but... But also, you know, if, if a few people had pushed too hard or been reckless or hooligans, it wouldn't have made any difference to the story. I also wonder why we never, ever hear people talk about the Heisel Stadium disaster. Well, yes, quite. Which is part of what this was a reaction to, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know if they were... From what I've heard, and I think that it was a reaction to that which led to the problem, which led to, the, which led to part of the issues that happened here. I would say that I there there are two lessons I would learn from this. A, never really trust the police to tell the truth. Yep, absolutely. And B, if I were ever in the situation where it looked like something was going out of control within a crowd, I wouldn't surge forward. I'd run away. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that the, the one of the biggest problems is it wasn't possible to run away. The police exactly. made it impossible to run away, and that's why. Yes, that's, I think that's the strongest argument against exactly. anyone claiming that the the fans were responsible was the fact that well, you, it, could, you couldn't turn and run. Well, exactly, and and I think that's where now if I think if the police hadn't done this and people were just saying screw you, I'm going to watch a football match now, mm-hmm. and I don't have a ticket and I'm just scrambling in and I don't care about the people mm-hmm. in front of me. To be honest, even then, 
even then, uh, you can't really blame those people at the back for any kind of malevolent intent. They can be a, a little bit, a little bit thoughtless, but, you know, they want to know that there were people in front being squashed and crushed by barriers. Would you yeah, they think, oh, I, well, people yeah. are just going to spill out into the pitch. It's going to be a bit chaotic. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nobody was thinking, nobody was thinking, let us think the worst of the people at the back saying, screw you, I'm getting in the stadium, whatever happens, I want to see this match. They weren't thinking, screw you, I'm getting in the stadium and I want to crush some kids exactly. to death. Nobody was thinking that. Exactly. That's why Heisel was so terrifying, is it was a deliberate attempt to attack to attack the Juventus fans. And um, when when fans found out that people had died, they were on the record as saying, good, we're glad they're dead. So yes. was a, that was a very different incident. Yes, but, but you're no not allowed to. You're not, no one, no, no one's not, ever allowed to mention Heisel. And the fact there. that you have now is going to cause trouble. Thanks. That's my pleasure. <sighs> it wasn't enough when you said that that Trani had bad makeup. Now you do this. Oh my you, goodness! You just want you, to get me in, in so much trouble, don't you? It's interesting. I feel, I feel like I've um, um, made amends on quite a dramatic scale for having said that a few years ago. Yeah, it's time to stop, you know, bringing it up. It'll be brought up forever for it is your original sin. It is my condemned for life by that. You are. I think you had a good point, though. I think, you know, if you're going to do... <laughs> and the, the point is, if you're going to do something, do it well. Have a pride in craftsmanship, whether it's playing games, becoming a lady, or doing your garden. I disagree. What, you think you should be slapdash in everything you do? <laughs> I do. That's my... I was thinking about this. I was thinking... Jim, uh, Jim was saying to me yesterday just how much hard work it is to make video games. And I thought, yes. no, you're wrong. It's hard work to make good video games. Yeah. But if you just made a bad one, that would no, be I nearly think, so hard. I think the tragedy is it is pretty damn hard even to make a bad video game. Computers are unbelievably stupid. Not they anymore, don't... not these days, with 20 to 30 games going up on Steam every day. It's quite clearly it's easy to make a bad video game. In fact, there's a game that went on sale yesterday that someone has just taken a purchasable... Back, uh, let, so so you, you got with Unity, you can buy these de- download packs of assets, and they've basically just put an asset pack out and pretended it's their own game. So, you know, that's quite how easy it is at the moment. So that's a very bad way to make a game. They've done well there. Well, that, but that's just... That's just giving people Lego. I mean, that's not... Whereas the, the programming of Unity itself was complex. Yes, and actually indeed. getting stuff... You know, creating a whole world within a Unity engine is not easy. No, not at all. Of course not. But doing a bad job is a lot easier than doing a good job. And that's what all I'm arguing for. Okay. So you'd just argue that everybody should do a bad, bad job. job. Yeah. Okay. So whether it's making a game, doing a garden, or becoming a lady, just, you know, do the least amount of work required. No, I think the argument against the, with the lady thing is you can, should be allowed to have your makeup be as ridiculous as you like, whether male or female. So yes, absolutely within your right to do that. And then I can, and then it's I can bad. judge that your make, I can judge that your makeup is ridiculous. Well, you can you can perceive it to be ridiculous, but that's an aesthetic response. Someone else might say, yes. "Wow, that's amazing! What a brilliant statement you're making." They might, but uh, both statements are equally allowed, and neither should be attacked as a moral calumny. I think it's also important to separate bad makeup as you might perceive it from uh, a matter Clown. of gen- from a matter of gender i mean i've seen some quite extraordinary makeup choices um on both men and women yes well i i think 
men need to relearn how to use makeup. They've forgotten how to do it. Uh, so certainly, well, it's Western men, uh, Persian men, and, and ISIS men tend to use makeup in a lot better way than Western men do. They've forgotten how to do it. So it now just kind of emulates women's makeup in a stupid way. We need to. Why don't, why don't you reclaim the tradition of makeup? Right. What else should be covered in this episode? Do you want us argue against euthanasia now? Argue against euthanasia. Yeah. Argue against euthanasia. Well, arguing really? in favour of it is a bit too easy. That's too liberal. Um. Well, what do, shall I argue? A slippery slope argument. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> well, one minute you've got euthanasia, the next minute you've got death camps. There you go. It's true. And next Done. minute you'll be mar- you'll be marrying your dead brother. <laughs> your dead brother's Labrador. Yeah. That's what's coming next. Did you see the man in America who is arguing for the right to marry his computer? Seems fair enough. Because, what sort of... because it provides him with all his porn and therefore it's his sexual partner. He's a, it turns out, guess what? A massive homophobe Christian who's trying to argue against gay marriage. Do you know what? It's called a clever bit of rhetoric, eh? Well, yeah, fine. You can marry your computer. That's what I thought. It's like, yeah, sure, go let, him, let the idiot marry his computer. Then where's his argument gone at that point? Yes. Uh, and everybody should send him congratulate wedding, you know, wedding cards and things like that. Mister, is he going to take the computer's name? Is it going to I be called so. Mister and Mrs. Dell, or <laughs> is he going to force him to take his name? Yeah. I don't. Bigots make me sad on every in every angle in every direction. I'm very gosh. Sad that's a novel opinion. The number of I uh, love bigots. <laughs> I thought I would surprise you. Can you stop my... dunk dunk dunking, please? Sorry, I'm fiddling with my chair. I'm very naughty. with your with your yeah. With my penis. Yes. That's that what, what you meant. Dunk, 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 dunk. My little penis. Toby likes to play with his penis in the bath. And the reason I say this uh-huh. is so that when he's older, I've said it on the podcast. Well, of course. I mean, they, I mean, as soon as it's available, they start fiddling. And girls do that as well. Well, so that's the thing. They fiddle with their penises. things inside. Yes. Well, that's the thing is I realised that his penis is almost never available to him because it's covered up 23 and a half hours a day by, by the tyranny of nappies. Well, the same thing with when when uh, Leanna, when Leanna was changing Jessica's nappy the other day, and she took off the nappy, and of course Jessica had a good feel. Uh, and I thought, and I said to Leanna, are, "Are you aren't you worried that she might, you know, she might be itchy or have an infection or a rash or something?" He says, "Oh no, um, if, you know, if if yours were locked up all day, wouldn't you take the opportunity to have a nice little fiddle?" Absolutely, well, fair enough, fair enough. But the disturbing aspect of this is in the bath. Toby has you know eight hundred million bath toys, and one yes. of the toys is a is a book, a squidgy bath book. Uh-huh. which has got cars and boats and trains and the like inside it. And yes. whenever he reads that book, he immediately starts fiddling with his willy. So as far as I can tell, this is his porn. What, 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 what's it about? It's book? about one car, two boats, two trains, three aeroplanes, and oh. four something or other. Well, you know, men and, men and their motors. This is true. Toby is very much... Yesterday I took him to the doctor because there was something looked odd about one of his testicles. <laughs> Right, it had an engine strapped to it. <laughs> it was it was square. Okay. And yeah. um, anyway, so I took him to the doctors about that, and also just just to check there was no nothing, in, no infection in his, the white, you know, because he screamed nonstop for five days with his teething. Um, and uh, he he wailed from the moment I arrived in the waiting room to the moment we left the doctors, and it was very embarrassing and very loud and unpleasant for everyone horrible child as soon as we left the doctors he saw a bus go past and it was fine <laughs> well of course bah, it's awesome. bah, 
Do you remember in a much earlier podcast, I think you were talking about your nieces or nephews, and you said it wasn't right that children had genitals and it made you very upset. Do you remember? <laughs> I don't remember banning genitals, no. Don't you remember they said, and she was, I think one of your niece was potty training and therefore walking around the house without any nappy or trousers on. And you, this discomfort, you said, oh, you shouldn't be allowed. You said that, uh, this doesn't have sound a... like something I would have said. Oh my goodness. It's going to be so great. You when should go back and find it. Go back and find it. it. Cause I don't. And I remember, I remember, and you kind of, and it was a bit like you were doing a stand up routine where you said, have you ever noticed? And like, Every, and I went, and then all the listener kind of went, uh, no, that's your own hang up. I, I wondered whether no, having your own child is, at all. whether having your own child is, well, clearly it's cured you of this hang up and you don't mind the fact I that it's gentle. I may have joked on. about the fact that children are allowed to walk around with their genitals. No, 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 no. It really discomforted you that a child should have those bits on them. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. Wow, it's so lovely to have a full archive of your revolving madness. You should you should find this for me so I can hear it. Anyway, Listen, listener, since since we have people who've listened to every episode twelve times, could you please yeah, direct, tell us the exact episode? episode. I'm fascinated to hear what madness yeah. I may have spouted. Oh, good, good. I don't hold myself to account for things I've said in the past because I allow myself the right to change my mind and to learn. And also because you have Alzheimer's. That's true. That is a big part of it too. Well, the Daily Express says it's cured again this morning, so that's good news. <laughs> they keep forgetting yeah, with the miserable it. irony that they keep running that headline. Yes. <sighs> oh hum. What was I, I saying? Had to, I was saying something important about Willie's. Um, about his his Willie in particular, or in general? Oh no! At the do- oh, sorry, it came out the doctors. Saw a bus. Was happy. Then we stood on. And the, said bah. Yeah. We stood on the bridge that looks over the. Uh, like an idiot who can't way. pronounce his s's. Yeah. So well, not surprised with his mother. Yeah, yeah. Did I tell that story Ooh. on the podcast already? What about I was sat at a at a City. gathering of people at someone's house. And I was no, chatting. I was sat on the sofa next to Laura. Laura was talking to people on her right, and I was talking to people on my left. <laughs> and they were asking questions about Toby and whether he can talk uh-huh. yet. And I said, "Well, he can only say the first half of words." And I said, uh-huh. well, "That's not surprising, considering his mother stopped talking, held my hand out to my right, and Laura went, yeah, but <laughs> 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 and she had no idea that we were listening to her, and the timing oh, was goodness. absolutely wonderful." Oh, if only you'd had a recording device. Oh, it'd be perfect. So yes, you should record every minute of your marriage. I agree. And then that also that would be really it. helpful for proving her, my, that I'm right in every argument because she always denies having said things. I thought you already had a certificate in that regard. Well, I've got a certificate saying that she, it's possible for her to be wrong. Okay, but she's got plenty of wiggle room there. I need, yeah, uh, yeah. and it, what I need is a stenographer. Yes, that's, that's what I really need in my life. Yes. Um, yeah. So Toby loves ba and bye. Which is bike. He's, he, fortunately, he signs, so we can tell the difference between the birds. Mm-hmm. So he loves bikes and buses and cars, obviously, and um, and every vehicle form imaginable. Make him very happy. But he hates bathroom hand dryers. He does. He's terrified of them. All children are. There's something about the frequency of those sounds that makes it the worst devil in the universe. He's absolutely he's so so upset by them. Is that I, did, yeah. I didn't realize that was all children. Yeah, Judith and Jessica. Absolutely, there's nothing worse in the universe uh, until much later. Now I think Jessica can just about put up with them, of course, but she won't allow the evil breath to go anywhere near her hand. <laughs> and surprised. now, finally, you know, after five six years, Judith actually quite enjoys you know the naughtiness of having an angry demon breathe on her hands. <laughs> Excellent. 
Excelente. All right. Well, how have you been? You sound a little downcast. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm very sleepy. I was up at 5.45. You've been very sleepy for the last 32 years. I hope 38. I started no, 32. Off, you, I was very no, sleepy you, as a baby. No, you were fine. You got your sleep. No, I was sleepy, though. I needed lots of sleep when I was a baby. Mm, true. Okay. Yeah. Shall we say goodbye to them? I suppose so. Bye-bye, listener. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.